Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. G'day, mates. It's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So, a group of friends and myself rented a place on a lake for just a fun-filled drunken weekend. We were all in our young to mid-twenties and it was supposed to be just a big party. For the most part, that's what it was too. The Friday night and Saturday morning we pretty much went all out having a blast on the water and just having fun really, stupid stuff. And well, naturally when Saturday afternoon rolled around... We were all so dead from going out that we decided that it would be a night of no drinking, maybe a little bit of smoking, and just kind of having a chill evening and night. But that's what it was too, relaxed. So 9pm comes rolling around and about 8 of us were inside of the house and 5 outside. The house was a two story with a second story back or sort of deck porch and it was surrounded by woods and then down through the woods you would then hit the lake. I'll mention too that we had already experienced some weird vibes from the locals when we first arrived in town, mostly just backcountry old timers that I assumed were leering and irritated because we were a bunch of college age kids looking to have a good time. But the town and the lake were large so it's not like anyone knew where we were staying. Anyways, three of my friends were on the upstairs back porch and my other friend and I, we were downstairs outside just talking on this little old table near the woods. I mean, it was otherwise just a really nice night. 
My friend and I were just getting lost in the conversation and all of a sudden there was this weird feeling that encompassed us. Like an unnerving physical experience that came from the woods behind us. It was so strong in fact that we both kind of quieted down and then out of nowhere this loud chanting abruptly comes from the woods. I have no idea how far away it was because of the way the lake is set up but I'm pretty sure the voice is carried up through the forest and it sounded like a, a cult chanting away and all of the voices were male. I mean they were loud and perfectly in sync. I think we were frozen for all of 20 seconds before I just couldn't contain myself and darted towards the house with her following me. I don't know how to explain it too, the feeling that came with that chanting, but it was almost, I don't know, evil. Like, just something powerfully uninviting. I was shaking by the time that we got to the second story though, and ran out onto the balcony with the other three friends. One of them was my brother, and by the time that we got up there, the chanting was gone, and I naturally asked, did you guys hear that? And in the most shaky, freaked out voices, they all said that they had heard it too. And not seconds later, the chanting began again. So, the five of us are out there, peering into the forest, listening to this chanting that would sometimes sound far away and then also sound relatively close. All male voices in the weirdest language, or I don't even know what it was to be honest. Sounded like a strange, I don't know, church or something. Then, following the chanting, a loud bang like someone hit a huge metal object sounded. And then the worst part came. A man, wailing, like in extreme pain. All of my hair was up on end and it was the freakiest experience that I've ever had. My brother and I were staring at each other in a mixture of scared excitement and horror. The wailing stopped all of a sudden and then it was back to the chanting which eventually died out. I was so freaked out by it that I wanted to call the cops because whoever screamed had been in a lot of pain. That much was obvious. That, mixed with the weird chanting, just made me immediately think of some terrible sacrifice going on. One friend tried to say that it had to be some drunk guys just messing around singing and being weird, but no way was that coming from some drunk guys. They were perfectly in sync. Then the bang and then the wail of pain like that? And then all that weird tension and energy was just gone? No. I didn't call the cops and to be honest, I wish that I would have but the forest was so large and since the lake house was up looking down at the woods and lake as well, it really could have been anywhere. It definitely wasn't in our close proximity but it was close enough to hear all of that perfectly. After this though, we, we just went in and got some of the others, but by the time that they came out, the chanting had stopped. Someone wanted to go and explore and find out where it had been coming from, but obviously that was a stupid idea. After that, I was really ready to go home, and I can't explain the relief of driving away from there the next morning. Even now, it gives me the worst feeling thinking about it. Whatever it was, it felt so wrong and evil and I'll never forget that moment. I can only imagine that it was some weird cult stuff, but maybe, maybe it was a lot worse.
So this first story happened to me when I was 16 and lived in my parents' house. It was late one night in summer and I was in one of my two bedrooms. My brother and sister, both older than me, already lived in their own and I got one of their bedrooms for myself which sort of made me get two. In one bedroom I spent the night sleeping in my bed next to my desk and closet. The other one I would spend the day over there sort of packed with my TV, my Playstation, a sofa and another closet. I was watching South Park on TV around 2.30 in the morning while laying on my sofa. I always stayed up that late during the summer holidays and why I remember this so well is because of the episode of South Park that was running on MTV this night, The Losing Edge. It's my favorite episode and on that day it was quite hot in Germany and there wasn't a cloud in the sky the whole day. So, as I said, it was night time, still really hot. Hot here is like 26 degrees Celsius. But while I was watching TV, all of a sudden, the temperature just dropped and I felt like cold air in my room. The next thing that I remember were faint noises from outside my room. At first, I thought that one of my parents were maybe out there who were sleeping since I hadn't seen them open a door for like a couple of hours. But that wasn't it. The noise got louder and... I muted my TV just to listen to the noises and to try and locate where they were coming from and they definitely came from outside of my room. So I, I got up, walked to the door and opened it. The hallway was pitch black and I couldn't see anything except for the steps to my right which were lit up by my still running muted TV screen. Also I couldn't really make out that both of my parents were asleep. That's because my parents, even to this day, sleep in separate rooms because of heavy snoring. Both of them, that is. So, it definitely wasn't my parents, but what was that noise? I step into the hallway and to the right down the hallway. On the left side was the front door, and both my rooms were the first rooms to the left and right from the front door. Which meant that I needed to go deeper into the house to locate the noises. As I walked through the dark hallway, I, I could sort of make out that the noises sounded like cupboard doors opening and closing, but not rapidly, more like slowly and gently, with the familiar clonk of wood hitting on the wood at the end. But the only room in our house with cupboards was the kitchen, which is in the same room as the living room and the dining room. So step by step, I sort of walked to the door my head to the side pushing my ear forward trying to hear the sound better. The next thing that I heard was sort of like a, a rattling sound as if two plates were constantly put onto each other and I thought that maybe one of my parents must be inside the kitchen. So I took the door handle into my hand and began to turn it but all of a sudden there was just nothing. The sound stopped all of a sudden. I decided not to step into the kitchen and I turned around to walk back into my room through the still dark hallway and that's when the sound started up again. Halfway back I turned around in the middle of the hallway and walked back to the door again but when I got there nothing. The sound stopped again. My heart started to race at that moment. I wasn't sure if I should open the door or not so I waited for a full 30 seconds just to see if the sound restarted and yeah, it did. They started again 
and this time even louder and much more frantic than before. I was half scared out of my mind at this point, but I collected my courage and I opened the door. As I stepped into the kitchen and lit up the room, the sound stopped. And the strangest thing was that the kitchen was completely untouched. Everything was in its place. But I freaked when I felt the cold air pass by me while I was still standing in the kitchen, panicky, turning around and man, that is the most terrifying moment that I've ever been through. Moments later, I could feel the hot air from the summer night again. I shut the light, closed the door and I ran back into my room. There was heavy breathing, sweating and my heart was racing like crazy. Needless to say, I wondered the whole night what the heck this incident was and didn't sleep a, not even a minute. The next morning, I asked my parents if they noticed anything or if they were in the kitchen after midnight at all, but they almost simultaneously said no. So then, the obvious question is, what was it? Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This uh, happened to me last night and I really don't know how to explain it. For a bit of context though, my father recently became ill so I've moved home to help out my mother for a little while at least. I still have young siblings and a grandparent living in the house, so I decided to stay in my parents' caravan out back. They only use it in the summer, so I thought that I could get some privacy there. Now, the caravan gets cold at night, so my dad gave me an electric heater to warm it up. But my mother is very worrisome and is worried leaving it on overnight. It could start a fire and all that. So last night, I go to sleep and at around 4am, I hear banging on my window... I jump up and open the curtain and my mother was standing there. I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit worried that something had happened to my father, but she was just there to tell me to turn the heater off. I say, great, thanks for waking me up for that, then try to get some sleep. 
And this is where the weirdness begins. You see, just as I turn over, I begin to hear this very faint crying. At first, I thought it was someone in the house, but it was coming from the direction of the shed behind the caravan. I think to myself that it's just some fox or other animal, but it slowly starts to get louder. Not extremely loud, but loud enough that it was keeping me up. I fling the curtains open to scare whatever animal was out there, but there was no animals. Instead, I see a child-sized shadow thing sitting against the shed, its head in its knees crying. And man, I have never jumped up so quickly in my life. I instantly turned on all the lights and ran back to the window, but when I did, it was gone and the crying had stopped. I quickly jotted down all the features of it so I wouldn't forget and I stayed up with the lights on all night after that. I'm scared that it's going to come back at some point. Does anybody have any info on what this could be? Like I said, it was child size. It was like a shadow. Super dark. Darker than the night, in fact. The only features that I could see was its body. And quite honestly... I've never been so scared in my life. So, the first paranormal experience that I had was back when my age was in the single digits. Maybe around seven or eight years old. I grew up in the Midwest, Ohio to be more specific. The town or village as we grew up calling it was not large by any means maybe around 40 to 50 people at most. During this time though, my family didn't have the internet or cable TV. Cell phones were just starting to become mainstream. Mid-90s era. And as such, entertainment was mostly chores or roaming the surrounding area, just exploring. My house was backed by fairly dense woods. There was a steep decline with a relatively flat wooded area where a creek ran through it. This creek wasn't very deep, Waist deep in certain areas, but mostly near ankle deep. But it was pretty wide. Growing up, I, I practically lived in those woods, hiking up and down that creek, mapping the woods, exploring a few long abandoned and collapsed houses that nature reclaimed. I lived and breathed nature practically, and those woods were my home, away from home. My father grew up in that area. My aunt and uncle and cousins lived just next door, and it was a pretty close-knit community. Naturally, everyone has ghost stories about their own hometown, a haunted house, a tragedy of some sort that remains a stain on its history, and my village, well, it was no different. My father would always tell stories about ghosts or abnormal happenings that he experienced in his youth year. One thing that he would always tell me when I told him that I was going into the woods was the trees may not walk about or talk, but they do see and remember. I always thought of that as him just saying, don't be stupid out there. Now, my first encounter with the people of the woods, which is what I always called them, was when I was on one of my daily excursions into the wild green. It was mid-July and it was hot and humid. I stuck mostly to the creek as it was pretty cool there, and I didn't have to battle my way through the thick undergrowth as well, which was a plus. But I hiked approximately about two miles along the creek hunting for crawdads, crawfish, 
and looking for signs of deer, rabbit, or the fabled albino squirrel that we had here. I kept traveling and eventually arrived at a relatively open field that had waist-high grass, and I frequently stopped here to gather wild blackberries, rest, and spook the few white-tailed deer bedded in the area. But that day, that day was different. You see, as I drew closer to the field, I noticed someone standing in the field. Instinctively, I slowed down, lowered my posture, and tried to minimize my noise. I really wasn't used to seeing someone out this far into the woods. The nearest house to that location was maybe about a mile and a half through thick undergrowth and fairly steep ravines to climb. As I hugged the bank of the creek, I moved to the edge of the open field, slowly peeking up over the tall grass to see if they were still there. But nothing. I thought that perhaps they had seen or heard me trudging through the creek and instinctively ducked down too. I wasn't about to find out though, so I turned around and headed back home, all two and a half miles back. I was more aware of my surroundings and far more cautious of my sound as I moved that time, avoiding walking in the creek to prevent the sloshing of water to give me away. As I crept through the branches jutting out into the bank of the creek, I made my way to another area that I was familiar with. A small game trail ran through here and it would cut my time and distance back home a good bit. The only downside was that it was pretty overgrown to either side and portions had thick thorn bushes. The entire time that I trekked back though, I don't know, I just felt like I was being watched. I never really felt in danger or vulnerable of being attacked or anything, but I could almost swear that I felt eyes on me. I was uneasy the entire time that I followed the game trail, routinely stopping and listening to determine if I could hear footsteps or if I was being followed at all, but still nothing. I made it about, I would say halfway back home when all of a sudden I saw in the corner of my eyes a figure standing a short distance away, but as I moved my eyes in the direction of the figure they seemed to just sort of meld into the foliage. I thought that uh, maybe my paranoia was making me see things, so I just hurried on. A few hundred more feet in, I see again another figure, this time further away out of my peripheral, and again as I looked in that direction, they sort of meld back into the background. But this time it happened twice. As I looked and that figure disappeared, another appeared again in my peripherals closer but still a ways away. Again, the entire time I never really felt in danger or anything. Creeped out, yes, but I never felt like whatever there was was nefarious and intent. This continued on for the remainder of my time making my way back home, but the more it happened the less I felt, I don't know, afraid of the figures. Even going as far as saying out loud, I know you're there, I don't know what you want, but I'm not here to cause trouble. Eventually, I made it back to my backyard, and I turned around to face the woods to see if they were there, but there was nothing. Now, my father was next to the shed, burning some cut grass in the backyard. I walked over to him to tell him what I had experienced, and before I could say a word, he looked at me and, with a slight grin, said, I saw you saw them too. I guess that I had the look of terror written on my face. Without even missing a beat, he put down the hoe that he was using to stoke the fire, 
walked past me to the wood line and pulled out the can of dip that he had in his pocket. He opened it, took a pinch out and placed it on a stone that was jutting out from the ground and walked back. I asked what he was doing and he said that he gave them an offering. He began explaining what he meant by the trees see and remember, that it was important that we respect nature whenever we enter her domain and give an offering in return when we take things from her. Otherwise, she just may not let us back out. He gave me the can of dip and said that what I saw were what he believed were spirits of Native Americans keeping watch over their former land. I really didn't know what they were at the time, but I just followed suit with what my dad did whenever I made my way back into the woods. I always left an offering and although I did see them from time to time, I, I never felt like I was in any danger and... I always made sure to respect them. If they appeared in my peripherals, I would travel in the opposite direction, apologizing for any transgressions. My cousins and many people in my village, they were all aware of their existence too and just kind of gave them a, a wide berth whenever they appeared. I was completely oblivious to their existence, but when I learned of them and experienced them, a whole lot of people opened up about them, about some of the history of the town and stuff like that. It was an interesting experience and it's something that I'll never forget. It definitely was creepy, but again, thankfully, uh, I never felt like I was in any danger. Growing up as a teenager, it was just me and my mum that lived together. An important part of the story is the fact that our house was in the country about 40 miles away from the big city that we live close to. When I started high school, I went to private school in the big city, and my mum also worked in the city too. For convenience, my mum bought a house in the city near my school and work, but we kept the country house for weekends and stuff. It's also critical to know that this country house was in some fancy pants sort of gated, secured and patrolled neighbourhood. It was a two-story house and we never went upstairs. Maybe once a year when my mum would host Thanksgiving or Christmas dinner at our house. But apart from that, that was pretty much it. The upstairs was a, an informal living area, a bar, a bathroom and a game room as well. There just wasn't reason to go up there ever really. Also, the downstairs dining room and formal living room were absolutely 100% off limits. I was never allowed to walk in there or go in there unless it was a hosted dinner for like Christmas or Thanksgiving. It was kept like a, a museum, oddly. Anyway, I never really moved into the city house. I kept all of my clothes and belongings in the country house because we still had all of our animals at the country house. I would drive home every day after school to do my homework, feed the animals, watch TV and just do stuff around the house. After my homework was done, I would pack an overnight pack of clothes for the next day at school and then drive to the city house. We did, however, spend all of our weekends back home at the country house. Now one day, I come home after school and I'm just messing around in the house. I finish my homework and animal duties and I go to pack my bag for the next day at school. And my dresser drawers were really messed up and things weren't really folded anymore. It looked as if someone was rummaging through my clothes, in fact. I honestly thought that I'd just messed them up last time that I was packing clothes or something. 
I go to leave the house and there's a, a crystal bowl turned over upside down on one of the living room tables. I'm honestly shocked I even noticed, but I did because, like I said, everything in that room was kept in museum quality. I thought it was odd, but nothing really more of it. I went to the city house and that was that. The next day, though, I'm back at the country house after school and finished my homework and animal duties again. This time, my closet seemed a bit in disarray. And at this point, I think, hang on... My mum came home in the middle of the day to see if I had drugs or something in my room, which I didn't. I wasn't into anything like that. However, when I was leaving the house, I noticed that there was a second crystal bowl turned over on one of the living room tables right next to the first one. So this definitely stood out to me and I went into the room and completely surveyed the room. Yes, for a fact, there are only two bowls turned over upside down. I sort of leave, drive to the city house and ask my mum if she went through my room. She denies it and asks, do you think someone has been in the house? I say no because, well, nothing is missing. Plus, in the back of my head, I'm thinking, it's in a gated, patrolled and secure neighborhood. How is that even possible? Anyway, the third day I go to school and a girl a year younger than me at my private high school actually lives directly across the street from the country house. On the off chance we ever stayed the night there, I always drove her to school with me. She comes up to me and says, we saw you leaving your driveway this morning and we flashed our lights at you but it was foggy so I guess you didn't see. At this point I'm definitely thinking that it's my mum going through my room because my mum and I, at the time, drove matching white Mercedes. So I'm thinking that my neighbour saw my mum's car leaving or something. I drive to the country house after school again and I walk in and immediately I see a third bowl turned over upside down in the living room. Chills covered my entire body at this. I walk into my room, bedsheets stripped, pillowcases gone... So many things from my bookshelves were missing. It was completely ransacked. I immediately ran outside of the house and called my mum and then the police. When the police showed up, my mum, who was driving to the house but still on the phone with me, asked me to go into her bedroom closet and look under the stack of jeans on her highest shelf. And there was nothing there. But... It's apparently one of the three places my mum kept her jewellery. She started sobbing and she asked me to check under her underwear in the drawer. And no, no jewellery there either. She asked me to check under her winter sweaters, but no, nothing there either. She is then hysterical at this point. She asked me to check under the stove and no, there was nothing there either. That's apparently where she kept a heavy wooden box of silverware that her parents brought her from Sweden when they moved to America. Which means that everything that was of considerable value or heritage was completely gone. Every little thing. Weirdly though, the security gate had zero unauthorized visitors on the cameras and none of them were in white Mercedes or anything like that. From my neighbor's testimony, that's what her and her mum saw coming out of our driveway that one morning. The police did a full sweep of the house and identified a space in the upstairs game room where apparently someone had been living. 
There were soda cans in the attic space that is access to a small door in the upstairs bar. Apparently, I had been coming home as a 16-year-old while somebody or multiple persons were living in our upstairs spaces and had been doing a full scope of the house and all the assets to steal them. To add insult to injury as well, my mother unfortunately died unexpectedly about three weeks after the robbery happened. Anything at all of value of hers or of heritage to my Swedish family was now completely gone. The insurance claim that my father had to make, who was entirely out of the picture, turned out to be $480,000. Now, the worst part is that I'm only 16 years old. And remember how my neighbor saw a white Mercedes coming out of her driveway? Well, the local police in the very small town or village that this country house was in, they tried to charge me with robbery and insurance fraud, assuming that I took all of the stuff from her house. It only lasted about two weeks, but it was intensely brutal. I cried pretty much nonstop, and it was just unending tears for me at that time. My mother had just died. I was working with lawyers to fight my innocence against stealing valuable family assets or heirlooms. And on top of that, there was the creepy reality that I had been in the house with these people. These people that had been living in this house, stealing things, and who knows what they were capable of. I was working at my first job ever in retail. I was around 20 years old. It was a busy morning, 9am, somewhere mid-December, hence why it was so busy. And I was working the checkouts as per usual, scanning items, ringing up customers and all that jazz. About an hour into my shift, I think, I was serving an elderly man who bought just a handful of items. After giving him his subtotal, another guy behind him smelling of booze stretched out, handed me cash and I kindly told him that I wasn't serving him, I was serving the man in front of him. Then I looked down and saw that he was buying some cheap knockoff branded Baileys, some booze, and of course I figured that this guy was pretty much wasted. Now, just as I was taking payment from the elderly man, I was planning in my head how I was going to tell this next guy that I can't sell alcohol to him as he's already drunk. And as this was my first job and I'd never encountered this sort of thing before, I was feeling a bit anxious. So I finished serving and now on to the drunk guy. I looked around in hopes to find another colleague or my manager perhaps, but there wasn't one in sight or available to help, so... I just sort of looked at the man and just before I opened my mouth I felt which felt like someone grabbed a fistful of my hair and something sharp poking me in the back and of course a man whispered in my ear to which I also smelled alcohol on his breath. Serve my mate. He pushes which I'm assuming was a knife harder into my back now and then says now. In complete shock, I said nothing, just scanned the bottle, took the cash, and then they were gone. I quickly turned around to my colleague working checkouts behind me, but all they did was look at me and ask if I was okay, completely unaware of what had just happened. Then, 
I went for a break. I, I see my manager pass by, so I rushed over to him and told him what had just happened. All he did was laugh because he thought that I was joking, but criticized me for selling alcohol to someone under the influence. Whatever that sharp object that was in my back cut me, though, before my break, I could feel blood running down my back, and it was really sore. Of course, I couldn't see blood as my uniform is black, but I screamed, it's true, it did happen. I turned around and lifted my hair, as I have very long hair, and said, lift up my shirt, or get my female colleague to do it. This guy sliced me. But the manager just said, yuck. No, I don't want to see you lift up your shirt. And just walked away staring into his phone. Well, I didn't return to finish my shift. I snuck out of the store, took a taxi and went home. And my mum cleaned up my back and dressed it. But then the next morning she called work to tell them that I wasn't going to be returning as the manager's incompetence to take action when I could have almost been stabbed over a bottle was just not good enough. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.